Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Caballero, the holidays are already here and us Latinos like to wait until the last minute to find the perfect holiday gift. But why not get the perfect gift early? Claro, I'm talking about the perfect jean. I've been gushing about the perfect jean for years. The stretch and comfort are unmatched. And they just released a new premium 99% cotton version of their jeans. They got that old school jeans look con un poquito de stretch for that perfect jean comfort we love. Think classic meets comfort that's a bit more breathable. Our favorite combo. But it's not just their jeans that are perfect. I'm also a tremendo fan of their perfect tees. Made with 95% cotton and 5% spandex, these tees are durable, but more importantly, hug you in the right places to make you look and feel great. Hell, it turns a dad bod like mine into a sexy boppy bod. <laughs> and it wouldn't be a perfect jean spot without a discount. Use code BIDDLE20 for 20% off your first order at theperfectjean.nyc. Así que don't wait until the last minute. Get the perfect gift with the perfect jean today. And don't forget to use code BIDDLE20 for 20% off your first order. Christmas is here, the time of year we start begging for family and friends. So many recipes out there call for water, but substituting milk makes a much richer tasting treat. O sea, nobody leaves Santiclo water and cookies. It's not just baked goods either. From hot chocolate, flan, or coquito, so many holiday treats are irresistible because of dairy. This holiday season, find the perfect recipe by visiting floridamilk.com or lechedeflorida.com. Feliz Navidad from your Florida dairy farmers, Empero, let me tell you. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is season, season six, six of Better Let, Let Me Tell You. All right, mi gente. Now, you know... 
over the course of six seasons, you know we love to eat on this show. And if there's one thing that I love, it is chocolate. So of course, a couple months back, when I first had my first bar of Chuao chocolate, it was a s'mores bar. I was like, this is insanely delicious. And then when I read up on the company and found out that it was owned by a Venezuelan, well, I mean, then we had to have him on the show. So with that said, thank you so much for joining us today, Chef Michael Antonorsi. Uh, and I love your your title because you're, you're one of the founders of the company, but you are the chief joy activator. That is probably my favorite title I've ever seen ever. <laughs> and so accurate. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, and yes, that's um, that's because as a company, you know, a while ago we decided that we're not going to have a mission or a vision or anything like that. We have an intention, which is to share joy with the world through deliciously engaging chocolate experiences. But then to share joy, you have to have it in you to be able to share it, right? So we like the chocolate kind of triggers it in you, so then you can share it. So I I'm in charge of kind of triggering the joy inside here and outside so well there are worse things to be in charge of than triggering joy i gotta tell you you know offhand and and with flavors like i said earlier you know i had the s'mores bar i've had the sea salt and chipotle i've had the potato chip the popping candy like these flavors i mean if you're not feeling joy when you have them then i mean I'm, i gotta say the problem is not your chocolate it is the person having it because these are some <laughs> joyful flavors oh, thank you so much i really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to take a step back, you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, you're, you're from Venezuela. Um, you know, you, you grew up actually with a, with a German mother, which I think is such a fascinating, uh, you know, co- combination. Uh, you know, German mom in Venezuela. What was that like, you know, gr- growing up w- with that hybrid, shall we say? <laughs> well, that was like uh, having to be home by midnight when all your friends are partying out until five in the morning. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So, you know, when you apply the uh, more like the German rule of, uh, of behavior, uh, there's a lot of uh, restrictions there. And then as the boys, of course, go wild. And, you know, even when I was growing up, but I'll be at my, my cousin's house. You know, my mother, when we were very little, she'll have us all ready to go to bed at 6.30, 7 p.m. or something because we were small. Wow. And then all our cousins were still, you know, running around till one in the morning. So, you know, it's, it was always like that. But it was fun because, uh, you know, she slowly, of course, started adapting to the Venezuelan vibe and relaxing. But it does gave me a lot of discipline and a lot of, uh, you know, perspective in terms of uh, how things should be. And then kind of balancing it out with my dad, who was from Venezuela. Of course, a little bit more relaxed and uh, going with the flow, and uh, you know, celebrational in many ways. Yeah, a little, a little more Latino as opposed to yeah, <laughs> your mom. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, I guess on the on the other side of things, though, you know, obviously with a German mother, I mean, when you think of Germany, chocolate is like at the forefront. Was that was chocolate just a big part of your life growing up? Um, you know, more so than the average kid, shall we say? Well, mostly it was the cooking because my mother was a very good cook and she would be making all kinds of, and of course, a lot of German influence cooking and everything like that. And uh, she wasn't really good at making the arepas. So she would do all the, you know, she would do a, a strudel and she would do all kinds of other things uh, uh, that would be very fascinating and great. And I was really in love with the cooking. I always wanted to cook. So, but I wasn't able to really go straight into cooking because, of course, I had it to prove myself in so many ways and having very strict parents. I figure I got to really get their respect and their appreciation. So I went ahead and I, I graduated from high school very young at 16. 
And then I went to the United States, and then I continued with the next best, best thing, which was uh, studying biomedical engineering. <laughs> because I figure if, if, if I do the hardest thing, I can also do the easy things. So, I, and it was more like, you know, very much ego-driven, of course, you know, kind of like a mouthful. You tell a girl, hey, I'm a biomedical engineer, you would think that you would impress her. So I did all that. And then, of course, after that, I came back to Venezuela when I was 21, and I did an MBA. I did all these things, and then I started in, uh, in the computer networking and technology business with my brother. And we did that for 14 years. But inside of me, all what I was longing for was to cook. So, but I wasn't able to tell my dad once he finished biomedical engineering to say, hey, now I'm ready to go to Germany and start peeling potatoes. Because <laughs> now maybe in a retrospective, if I would have told him, he would have said yes. But I never gave him the chance. So I actually just continued this rat race until I was able to kind of eventually afford myself my passion. And then when I, after 14 years working in telecom and everything, I, and computer networking, I was able to grab my wife and my two children then, and then I went to Paris and I became a chef. Yep. And then after that, I also specialized in chocolate and pastry making. And then once that finished in 2001, we figured, okay, what do we do next? So California was in our heart because I went to school in UCSD. And, uh, and we came here and started, and in 2002, we opened up the chocolate shop and we started to venture into more like a low tech business, you know, in terms of, uh, traditional and started doing chocolates ever since. And now we are 21 years old. That is, that is an amazing story. I mean, there's so much I want to unpack. First of all, the fact that you, you know, you have a background in biomedical engineering. You may be the smartest, uh, guest we've ever had for the, for starters. <laughs> um, and I love though that you were like, you know, well, that's like the most difficult thing. And then you decided like, no, now I'm going to be in charge of generating joy, which I think might be the only other thing more difficult, right? That if, if you really <laughs> stop and think about it, then biomedical oh, engineering, wow. right? Like it's, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah. I thought more it was like, a, like finally I was able to express myself in what was natural in me uh, and stop running after trying to get that appreciation, you know, more ego-driven type of appreciation. But you put a, a good point, you know, but at the end, I think, uh, you know, when authentic joy is expressed, uh, it, it's a very um, a con uh, contagious thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, uh, and I feel that if it is authentic, if it is really uh, a way of being and you're, exp you're experiencing a beautiful, you know, joy is actually... A moment that you can't wait to share with others. Yeah. Right? It's not like pleasure, which is only for you. But when you have joy, you just immediately have to go and get active on it. So, so then, and that has been kind of like uh, what I have done all my life, not professionally, but uh, I figured finally I could line up both. And then uh, with chocolate, of course, you know, being the food of the gods, it's so easy <laughs> as a platform. You know, maybe generating or uh, joy with other people, you know, by working in a tuna factory or so maybe you can or maybe you know fish flour or something yeah not that many people know i mean i guess it could yeah. happen but chocolate's a little easier to generate joy than tuna yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm gonna go with that and, one and, and maybe because i came from computer networking background you know there was very little joy there because every time you get a call it was the computer the network is down <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was upset so that is true you probably were on the receiving end of uh, the opposite of joy many many the times yeah yes. you know one of the things that i absolutely adore about uh, about your 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 story is you know it's it's you know you went off and you you kind of did what you expected right for your parents like to make your parents happy you came back you kept doing it then in your 30s i think it was um you know you you said to your family like guess what we're going to paris and we're you know because i'm going to go study you know chocolate making and, and food and all of that what i love about that is you know so many times people think well 
yeah, se me pasó. You know, I, I got married, I have kids, yeah, I have the responsibility, I can't do these things anymore. And, you know, to certain degrees that could be true, right? But you are proof that there's always a chance to go and continue and, 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 and do something new. I mean, you know, your 30s, most people would be like, well, yeah, that's it. You're set on your way. You got to just kind of keep going um, until, you know, the kids are out of school or, or at, at least, right? But you, you went a whole other route. I love that part of the story. Yeah, in general, you know, I think we could fall trap of our mind that is generating thoughts of fear, of insecurity, of all that stuff. And uh, the only way to override the mind is through the heart. So if you have the passion and it's something you really wanted to do, uh, even though it's going full on against the fear monger of your mind, uh, you can, that's the only way to do it. You know, you can't really, it's very hard to switch careers from mindset to mindset, mm -hmm. unless you're like looking for mind uh, objectives, like, uh, you know, recognition or money or things like that. Right. But if you go from like, you know, something that's burning inside that you cannot not do, And then you go like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this, and that's it. And then everything helps you. Everything lines up with you. It's just that little decision is what's most difficult. Once you make it, everything starts lining up. You know, even you know the most difficult or complex tasks like moving your family, uprooting, things, you know, doing all these things that in your daily routine of comfort you would imagine like, no, no, that's that's too much. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when you make the decision, when you do that little click. Everything starts lining up and everything that seemed to be impossible start being possible. And then you just do things, do things, do things. And then you land in a new place, which is exciting. And it's a new place that opens you up to opportunities. And, and then usually if it's closer to who you are, closer to your heart, it's, you know, work is not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like fun. Right. I mean, it's funny because it sounds like it sounds so simple, right? To say it out loud, um, you know, and obviously there, there's a lot of, you know, I almost want to ask you like on a scale from one to 10 in that moment when you made that decision, how scared were you? Right. Because I think sometimes people may look at you and say, well, of course, you're saying that now, you know, you've been so successful. But I'm assuming in that moment you also had your your worries. I mean, it, you're oh, human. oh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think the way I did it was transitional. Right. So. I did a sabbatical. I went to study and retool. So, you know, you kind of pack it into like one or two years that you can foresee, you know, when you, you know, divide and conquer, right? You divide the problem into just like one or two years. You say, okay, I'm going to go full on with family and all, get a European experience or whatever experience that you're looking for. And then you, you dive into it. And then that gives you enough separation from your routine and then enough exposure to the new things mm. that start creating a new mindset that you say, okay, now I can just only do this. And then that makes it easier for you to let go of what you were doing before because you have been separated for a while and you have been so immersed into something that's so much more in line with what you want to do and fascinated about every day. So then you grab that and then you just have to kind of finish letting go on the first part and then you are all energy to go move forward into the next thing. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes total sense. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't just jump off a cliff, you know, without without trying to prepare for it a little bit, you know, it, it, otherwise, it's very yeah. dangerous. <laughs> it can be very, very dangerous. You know, one of the things I, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you started this company in, in 2002, uh, with your brother, Richard, what, it, on the face of it, right? Like, why chocolate? And I say this because so many people might look at you and say, you know, there's there's so many people doing chocolate. I mean, let's not even let's not even talk about the the smaller the smaller businesses, right? But you know, you've got your Mars, your Hershey's, your Nestle, and you know, what was it that you said, no, no, I can do this, and I and and this is what I love, and this is what we're going to move forward with. 
uh, <laughs> a little foolishness. I okay. guess. Um, <laughs> Isn't that always the way, you though? Know, there was there was a combination of factors. First, you know, I've, I retooled as a French chef. I specialize in pastry and chocolate making. Mm -hmm. And I come from Venezuela. Venezuela produces the finest cacao in the world. Yes. And Chuao, actually, the name of the company, Chuao, uh, it's a cacao growing region in Venezuela, and it produces oh. one of the finest cacaos. So we chose the name, uh, again, very spontaneously as uh, in reference to our high-quality product that we want to develop. And we also wanted to kind of eventually do a full circle with the plantation, which, you know, due to the situation in Venezuela, it has not been possible. Yeah, unfortunately. But... Uh, so we, we grabbed that and we started doing and, and we realized that there was the scene of chocolate 22 years ago was very boring, very simple. And I'm coming here with all these ideas of creation and doing new things. Um, and we started uh, now we made so many mistakes. You know, we chose we, we created we created so many names and things and experiences that are so foreign for the American public. So the naming, starting with the company naming as Chihuahua, it's very difficult. You know, we've been called Cho, Chi, Chihuahua, all kinds of Chi names. Uh, was already a thing that you could imagine, well, we should have thought about it a little bit deeper. But, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're so full of yourself, so much into your passion and what you're going to do, that you forget that you need to connect with other people. And, uh, and that is the reason why we lost money for nine years. So oh, wow. because we, we came in, we wanted to do things, and we were so full of ourselves. And this is what I call the entrepreneurial myopia because you are so much this is every this is like this is the best product you know everybody should understand it but then you, people don't you know people are used to something else so uh, our first tagline was unusual unexpected and delicious because i wanted to do unusual flavors and unexpected and kind of arouse and then all of a sudden i realized that american public does not appreciate unusual and it does not appreciate unexpected it likes familiar yeah now, delicious, of course, all day long, right? So then it started changing, and then we started with another tagline called arousing your senses with deliciously engaging chocolate experiences. And then arousal was and then another learning because it's attached to more of a sexual arousal. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was more about being alive, about feeling goosebumps when you're eating chocolate and seeing what's happening in your mouth and all that stuff. So, so again, learning, 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 uh, until I realized that uh, we need to do something that is specially, uh, special and unique, but it is has familiar ingredients and then we started evolving into potato chip chocolate bar the s'mores bar you know some of them the firecracker bar is still one of our more iconic and unusual or maybe even unexpected ones but that one i protect i protect because that one is really a very special uh, um, moment that people can have and that will re definitely trigger joy to be shared so so we learned a lot in this process and uh, it, it you know because we were just so much about doing what we wanted to do so we didn't do a market research we didn't do we, we didn't come here with financing and okay we're going to create it from a to b and then we sell it at c and then we're done right. and you know build it and sell it we was more like uh, really the labor of sharing and passion and creation and creation and creation mm -hmm. and we did very many mistakes that we have been correcting through the years you know and uh, we kind of evolved as a child you know we 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 first were a toddler a little bit learning everything and doing whatever and then we kind of started uh, growing. And then when we were like 15, 16 years old, we got really, um, really cocky, really uh, narcissistic and we egocentric. And we thought that, you know, we would sell our product everywhere and we were the best, unstoppable. And then, of course, uh, you know, there was there's um, we didn't even want to. Uh, economic principles like the price elasticity principle to even apply to us. We thought we were. Like, a, you know, the, the arrogance of a teenager. And then, of course, life gums. And then it, it also <laughs> is 
go down again. And now we're 21. Now we're mature. Now we are like, okay, we're going to grow drink. where we belong. <laughs> we can drink. We can drink responsibly. We can, you know, we don't have to be so crazy. So kind of like the same as our lives, you know, the company kind of goes through those processes. But, but in many ways, it was, uh, it was, all of it was a fruit of passion. It was just, just doing things that we wanted to. And that's the only way that you can do so many things because in your thirties, normally, that's when you do things. That's when you create a family, build a home, build a business or something. You know, it all happens at the same time. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to do it now. Uh, but then, you know, but it has to be fueled by something that you just can't, don't even know where it comes from. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would I would counter that and say, I think you could do it now, sir. Uh, I think there, there, there's, there's a fire in you, that, just as I'm talking to you, that makes me believe you could probably do any damn thing you set your mind to. Um, okay. but, it's, but it's so fascinating to me that you, you the thing you brought up, I think you said, it, um, was a small business uh, my, my, myopia. Um, yeah, entrepreneur myopia. Entrepreneur myopia. It's so funny because I, I, my background is marketing, and I actually think that happens not just under entrepreneurs. I think it even happens at larger companies. Um, I've always said whenever these large companies have their their marketing departments in house, like you know they don't use external agencies for creative and media and all of that, you run into those things too, because you know your brand so well you can't understand how other people don't understand your brand, right? And so you you need that external kind of voice at some point, you know, not, it's not always right because sometimes the external voice is going to tell you things that you're like, but that's not my brand. Like, I know what you're saying, but I can't change this because that's not my brand. But it gives you that perspective that I think sometimes we lose because we're like, you know, it's funny you said, you know, arousing the senses. It's like, well, I know what I mean, right? But it, there's that whole other connotation, yeah. right? Which unfortunately, I mean, hey, listen, chocolate is sexy, so it's not the worst thing to to associate with, uh, you know? No, no, that was I, I, it was it was you know pun intended there. Yeah. It wasn't really uh, completely uh, you know um, uh, absent of mind. It was it has its things, its sensuality. Yeah. You know, you get it, you know the way it melts in your mouth. Everything, you know, it's it's just the most sexy thing in the world and uh, it arouses your senses you know uh but then again you know you're trying to bring it down to something more universally approvable (laughs) right right yeah you 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 want to get the the, what is it the the crowd from like nine to ninety right and so yeah you want to go that route you know you mentioned u.s audiences and and i'm you know you are based here in the u.s your product is made in the u.s what i also really am i'm proud of you guys is that you Everything is responsibly sourced. Um, that's something that you guys take pride in. Can you give us a little bit of background? You know how that came about and and what that means for for Chuao, You know, in, in terms of responsibly sourced materials, which I think is absolutely great. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah, you know, we, when we started, you know, we started really from the palate in mm -hmm. and looking at textures and things that we can express and, and, and that we can share. And as we started growing, uh, we started paying attention to uh, okay so what do we do here now we are not being too bars so we don't really go all the way down to the uh, plantation per se but we have uh, factories that make the blends that we use uh, proprietary for us oh. and uh, so so we say okay the way we can access to more responsibility in terms of the sourcing is through fair trade so all our chocolate is fair trade and then, so so that we make sure that that is our, and it's uh, non-GMO and all those mm -hmm. things, right? Uh, we had an organic line. We were going into organic, but some of our ingredients that are very exciting are impossible to find organic. Even Venezuelan cacao is almost impossible to find organic. Really? So there's some, li yeah, there's some limitations uh, that kind of hinder you to put the full labor. But every time we can find organic ingredients, we try to use them. But in general, the bulk of things, which is chocolate, is all fair trade. And then the packaging, it's uh, previously recycled in a way as much as we can within the packaging. So that there's a little sacrifice there because in the past, when you know, at the beginning of the packaging, when it was new, it was all white and glistering and beautiful and shimmering. And now it's a little bit more dull because you can see it's, it's, it's the consequence of, uh, you know, putting in recycled materials so that there is, uh, but in a way, you know, if it is at 15 20 percent whatever it is there's always a little chunk that you can actually reuse and uh, instead of always kind of going into the new things right yeah. and the rest you know we do away all kinds of recycling um practices here in the factory so yeah. we you know it's, we try to be as respectful as we can we don't have too many ingredients uh and uh, so we make sure that they're always fair trade and fair trade is important because it is uh it's the respect to the chain of production so you are treating with respect uh the source mm -hmm. of the of the chocolate so that for us is important you know yeah i mean i will i will challenge you you said you know the packaging now is a little dull i will say it is matte and it is standing out because it is <laughs> i mean i'm 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 more a fan of like matte finishes if you will um so for me it's something that just stands out and it just looks again i think it feeds back into what we're just talking about right like you know organic fair trade sustainable it doesn't look like something that quote unquote came out of a factory right mass produced per se i mean obviously i know there's not just one person making each bar by hand but you know there's i, I think it lends itself to communicating what chuao is about um and really that starts with the wrapping you know that starts with the packaging of, of any product i think right right yeah. oh, no, you're, and you're really good at marketing i have to say uh, <laughs> uh yes there's a matte finish there too <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned the palette. Now, I have to say, you guys have some of the most fascinatingly delicious uh, flavors out there right now. I mean, I'm just going to start with what I what I consider to be the more basic, which is the potato chip, right? Because how many times have we not, growing up as kids, eaten like potato chips with chocolate, right? 
Right, and exactly. you guys made it happen. Like, like you know, like real. For real. It really happened. You know, s'mores. S'mores is one of my favorite things in the world. My parents have a cabin in North Carolina. Whenever I go up there in the winter, I make the fireplace and I make s'mores. Y'all made s'mores chocolate bar. Like, I, I, I love all of this. Um, you know, I have two questions, which is number one, how do you guys come up with the, the flavors, right? Because as you mentioned, U.S. consumers sometimes don't want different until they have it, right? I think that's the key. They don't want different until they have it, they love it, and then they can't get enough of it. And my second question is, how can I get a job helping you guys uh, taste test all of these flavors? That's that. Ultimately, that's just the, the long con here of this interview is just to find out how I can eat your chocolate and, and you know help you guys come up with new flavors. <laughs> okay, so the first one... Um, well, you know, actually, uh, the one that develops all the products and flavors is me. This oh. is the way. This is my playground. So I, um, this is where when you know when I started culinary arts, it's all about sensory experiences. It's all about what's happening. It's not about just filling your stomach quickly and going. So when we do the, ch- we're limited to the little chocolate bars. So we do have bonbon and truffles also, but they're more delicate and harder to have in distribution and just ship direct to consumers. But they have their delicious too. That's how we started actually with them. And then we moved into more bars. But then within the limitation of the bar, I want to experience a multi-layered sensory experience as much as I can. So for instance, not just the potato chip and chocolate. Yeah, every time I go to the cinema, I would have some potato chips and then I get over salty in my mouth and then I have some sweet, maybe chocolate, and then I get too sweet and I go salty. So I wanted to put that together. And um, and again, it's it's a process of time. You know, when you take a piece of that chocolate, and you have to eat it slowly. You kind of consume it all. First, you're going to have a front of chocolate mm-hmm. because it's the most percentage of it. And then once you continue, if you continue, you know, tasting it, and you finally have kind of cleared out all the chocolate in your mouth, you're left with a little piece of potato chip. As you grind them, you know, in your teeth, you start getting the aroma of potato chip. Now, if you would be in a rush and you grab one piece and you eat it and you kind of half swallowed and you put another piece in your mouth, you'll always be in the front of the chocolate with some crunchy, salty something. But you will never get the nuances of the potato, right? So that's why you have to go, you have to finish the whole experience, you know, maybe a minute or so until you can go for the next bite. So this is kind of like how most of our chocolates are. So you can actually really discern the different layers of it, right? Otherwise, it's just real quick, crunch, salty, sweet, you know, too basic. And the s'mores one also has an interesting anecdote because I'm from Venezuela. We don't eat s'mores. Right, yeah. The closest thing we have gotten is to roast some marshmallows in a fireplace, right? And eat the marshmallow. So I, you know, as, as we were getting more into more familiar experiences for Americans, um, I, uh, I had a, a branding uh, director here that was uh, started this kind of guerrilla campaign uh, for s'mores. We started posting all kinds of posters in all the walls of the office. America needs s'mores. And then like photos <laughs> of five places and people doing s'mores. And I was like, oh, but I don't know how to do s'mores. I, I, this is, it's not me. I don't eat s'mores. Right. You know, it's not part of my culture. And then, I, but he just continued, continued, continued. And then I said, okay. And then I realized that I had these little marshmallows that I can actually put on top. And this is when we started complicating our production because in the past, everything was inside the chocolate. And now we started putting stuff on top. So we, I saw, because I couldn't put the marshmallow inside, right. so, but I could put it on top. So I said, okay, we're going to make a, a s'mores bar with the marshmallows on top. And then we created that, and well, he proved us uh, proved right because he became the number one selling bar we have. So you know, with that, then came the Rocky Road, which has also almonds and marshmallows, and then we have a pretzel. We put pretzels on top, so we have the factory people putting stuff on top and, and by hand. 
and uh, of course complicates production speed, but it gives the opportunity for multi-textured experiences. Right. Yeah, I definitely want to thank that person who came up with the s'mores because that was the first uh, the first bar of yells that I had. And <laughs> listening to you describe how one should eat, you know, a, a chuao um, bar. I agree a thousand percent because that's actually it's funny because that's how I ate it like that for I, re I remember that first experience I was at a movie theater and I remember taking like breaking it apart having the one and just like not even I, I wouldn't even say I ate them I would say like I savored it right it was yeah that's that's how I do it. Yeah. it it was just that like let me let me let this kind of just wash over me and sit on my tongue and and just enjoy all these flavors that I've never really had in a chocolate bar before. And ever since, you know, every time I've had other flavors, I've been doing the same thing. So it's rewarding to me to hear I'm doing it right, um, you know, from the from the founder of, of the company. So so thank you for, for proving me right uh, in how I eat your chocolate. Yeah, no, that's great. And it's actually, like, for instance, I don't know if you have had the firecracker one. I have not. I have not. Okay, so once you have the firecracker one, and uh, you can send me your address, I'll send you some. So the firecracker bar is the most iconic one that has to be savored like that because it has to be experienced, not okay. consumed. So you have to put a piece in your mouth and then you just bite it only once and then kind of like to crack it in half. And then you press it with your tongue against the palate and then you kind of like rub it and wait and rub it and wait and let it melt and, and things start happening. And you got to pay attention. If you want to augment the experience, you can close your eyes and your ears and then it starts really going on, right? So that is the, my favorite experience because it's an experience that you cannot control. Right. It's an experience that's going to go on on its own rhythm and you just have to uh, accept it, right? And now if you eat it and you, you press on it, you, you eat it and you bite and you chew on it and you, then you're just going to crush all the... Because that one has carbonated sugar crystals, so they start popping. And if you start crunching with your teeth, you just crunch them and then you miss out on the spontaneous pop. So that, was, that, that one is specifically for like almost like a chocolate meditation. Where you just put one piece in your mouth, you close your eyes, your your ears, and you just let it kind of go, and you you move it with your tongue. You can the more you press, the more the louder the experience, and then it goes slow, and then you press again, and then the loud. So you can really control a little bit of that volume. But this this is the best experiential uh, chocolate that we have. That is fantastic, and I, and I will say, listeners, you know, I I know this is an audio podcast, but I I I'm I'm speaking with Michael. You know, I, I see him in person. When he is speaking about these experiences, when he is speaking about, you know, the different flavors, there is, I mean, I will say, sir, there's a reason that you're the chief joy activator because there is a, a just happiness on your face when you are speaking about your product that honestly, seeing it on your face and having, having experienced your chocolate, I get it. It translates. Like there is, I, 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 it sounds so cheesy to say, right? But it's like, I was eating that joy. You know, I was, I, I was, I, th that, there's no other way to put it. It sounds horribly corny, but I think it's just the truth. You know, watching you talk about it, I know why your chocolate tastes so damn good because no, you, you, so much. you put yourself into it and, and it's so obvious to me, you know, just, just talking and watching you. Well, you know, it's 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 been a journey of fun. Honestly, you know, there's all sorts of ups and downs, but but the, the creation of chocolate is where 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 all the fun is, right? So we we have created, a, you know, the last bar what we created was a carrot cake bar. Ooh, and that one is that one is also another experience that it's amazing, and it's part of the things that happened that I don't even know how it happens. I'm still so, processing so it. We, uh, like, uh, so we created. Wow. So we created the last two. The, the last two bars I created was one of them was golden goodness. The golden goodness is with this uh, white chocolate that has caramelized sugar in it, so it tastes like dulce de leche. Up, up, so on okay. its own, 
right? Oh, so oh. it tastes like dulce de leche, but it was a little bit too sweet. So I thought, what do I do with this? So then I realized I can put cacao nibs inside, which is a tiny little piece of cacao inside, a little Himalayan sea salt. And uh, that chocolate bar is amazing. And it won best white and milk chocolate bar in 2020, just when COVID hit mm. uh, in the fancy food show, which is the largest food association in the United States. And uh, so it got best white and milk chocolate bar, and it's a white chocolate bar. And that one is an amazing bar because it is like, like, like a deconstructed milk chocolate. So you eat it, and then you have first a front of dulce de leche, kind of very milky, sweet caramel. And then when you hit the cacao nibs, they explode into this deep, rich, dark cacao chocolate kind of uh, intensity. So you have that kind of swing, mood swing with it. And then, uh, uh, and so it's one of those bars that you eat a little piece, and you're oh, okay, enough, and then... A minute later, you have to have another piece and then another piece. It's just can't stop. Right? But that's so important because it's funny. One of my biggest complaints about dulce de leche is always that like it's too empalagante. It, 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 yeah, if you exactly. can't have too much of it at a time. So you crack the code. Yeah, this one has, because it has a little sea salt and it has the cacao nibs that take you into a complete different direction. So, you know, I, I will always say that if you wrap the bar and you grind it, you will have milk chocolate. But that's just milk chocolate. But here you have all the components like lined up in sequence. So it's amazing. But then I had that white chocolate, and one day in, in that same the next year, uh, we put in the social media just as a April April Fool's Day, we put a thing saying like, "Oh, we created a 24 carat gold bar, right?" And everybody, "Oh my God!" and put a carrot on top and everything. And it's like, "Oh, that's great!" And then I'm like, "Oh, shoes! What do we do now? Everybody wants carrot." So then I realized, and then because I had this white chocolate, I said, oh, "I'm going to make a carrot cake." You know, that's very American. Everybody loves yeah. carrot cake. It's one of my favorites. So I wrapped. So I wrapped the, 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 the caramely kind of white chocolate and then added all the ingredients to the carrot cake. I this organic uh, carrot uh, powder, and then I added walnuts and things like that. And in all honesty, if you put a piece of that chocolate in your mouth, right after you have finished it, if you blow through your nose, you just had a piece of carrot cake. So it's a, it's a gluten-free carrot cake, uh, you know, right. and because it doesn't have any gluten, you know, it's just chocolate. I just joke about it that it's gluten-free, but, <laughs> but it gives you... And, and something happened, which I did not forcefully or intentionally created, which was one of the favorite parts of a carrot cake, which is the frosting. Yes. And the cream cheese frosting came out on its own due to the combination of the acidity of the carrot and the white chocolate somehow creates this, this, this uh, uh, reaction that when you eat this chocolate bar at the end, you have eaten a carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. So that one won best candy bar in 2022, uh, 2022 last year. Uh, and uh, now there's our white chocolate bars, which we do le um, less of, but it's available online. And, and so those were the two last creations. And for me, that's like really um, um, the summary of what I like to do is to take you to a place where you eat something, but you finish up the picture in your head and you have an experience of your own the way you have always had it. So this is just a trigger to your experience. And with the carrot cake, it's just incredible. Well, I got to say, you're definitely doing that because like I haven't even had the carrot cake one and already like my mind is is, <laughs> is envisioning it. Like legit carrot cake is one of my favorite things in the world. Like it, it, if it's on a menu after dinner, that's what I'm having. And I'm very 
critical of carrot cake too so i'm very excited to uh, try to try your, your i'd chocolate. love to hear your feedback i'd love to hear your feedback on that one. once you get it, i'm gonna send that to you too oh my goodness i see i was gonna go to the gym after the after this interview but i think i'm just gonna go now and grab a couple bars of your chocolate <laughs> and i'll i mean look i can lift it to my mouth that's like a, a curl right like a bicep curl it is totally yeah nice. it's absolutely all right. Well, uh, Chef Michael, thank you again so much for for stopping by, you know, and, and chatting with us. You, you know, one of the things we love to do is always spotlight, you know, Latino success stories, and I think that's definitely the case with you. Um, you know, you're you're doing something that you love, and I think, you know, I said it earlier, the fact that you you pivoted this after what many people would consider like, you know a certain point in your life, right? Where you should just be like, no, 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 head down, keep going. And you've managed to just do what you love and you're bringing joy not only to others, but for yourself, which is so much so important. I think people don't stop to realize it. That is awesome. Like I applaud you and I celebrate you and, and I thank you, you know, for, for doing that, because whether you know it or not, aside from being the chief joy activator and, and doing a great job of that you're also kind of setting an example um, for people like myself. You know, I'm in my 40s and we, you know, we, we have a, a side hustle. We do chicken wings where we've come up with our own recipes. And it's it's people like yourself who, who make that pivot, you know, after you're supposed to be down a path, right, that are a great role model for me because it's like, you know what? No, it can be done. It can happen. And, and you know, I just want to say thank you for that uh, in and of itself. Oh, very welcome. Very welcome. You're too kind. Yeah, yeah. So... You heard it here, everybody. There's so many flavors out there of Chuao. You know, you can go on their website. You can find them out in the stores. Again, I, I've actually been having you every time I go to the movies um, here in Miami. And there's no reason for you all not to have it. And honestly, who couldn't use a little more joy in their life? And and that's something that, that we're definitely getting. So, you know, Chef Michael, thank you, thank you, thank you again um, for stopping by and, and for just putting that delicious chocolate into the world. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, actually. It was so much fun to chat with you and share the stories. That's you know, I hope that everybody gets a chance to grab them and uh, the holidays and share them with their loved ones. You know, because what better time? What better time than the holidays to, to share chocolate? Yeah. I mean, guys, it's like tailor-made. I'm pretty sure Chef Michael had something to do with, with the holidays and chocolate, too. I don't know. I'm going to do a little more investigating on that one. But I think I think he's he's culprit of that association as well. Yeah, we have a pumpkin spice s'mores bar too, so for the holidays, which is good. Pero, señor, es que, I mean, there is no end to the to the joy you are generating, sir. Like, I'm gonna, at what point will you stop having so much happiness? Um, but again, uh, thank you, thank you so much, man. It's been great. Absolutely, thank you for everything. You have a good day. Likewise, bye bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.